Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What is good, everybody? Welcome to Stats and Cone on the Gold Standard Podcast. I'm Rob Stats Guerrera. He is Grant Cone. Grant, it's Wednesday, and I am excited because I'm going to be in Vegas next week. You are going to be in Vegas next week, and the 49ers will be in Vegas at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the only reason to stay in Vegas for more than like 48 hours. <laughs> they have to cover a Super Bowl. Wow. Oh, I am. I'm, 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 it's going to be. It's going to be exciting. Better there than where was it last year? Arizona, a whole lot of nothing to do out in Glendale. So this will be cool. We'll see what the NFL has in store for us. I mean, you're going to be on Radio Row. I'm going to be doing being a beat writer. It's going to be exhausting. It's going to be fun. Well, the fun part is I get to be in on some of these press conferences now. So finally, I may actually be able to ask Kyle Shanahan some of these questions that uh, I've been wanting to ask for so long. Yeah, I can't wait to see you in action, man. Watch out. Let's go. Boy, the day of reckoning is coming, Shanahan. Watch out, Kyle. Watch <laughs> out. Here comes Rob. All right, Grant. I always want to call you like, like your full name. Like when people say my full name, they say Robert. But I can't really do that with Grant. There's no like Grant Tholomew or You could call me like my my, my middle name, like my mom used to. Grant Lawrence Cohn. Lord no, don't do that. That's why I'm in trouble. Okay. I don't think I think that Brock Purdy has broken quarterback analysis by okay, explain they they don't know what to do with him he is you know how in america you are innocent until proven guilty with brock it's the reverse he's guilty until proven innocent he sucks until he does everything to force people to deny that he sucks sucks he, he sucks guilty until proven innocent he's he guilty down from 17 <laughs> In a conference championship game, tied for the biggest NFC championship game comeback of all time, third biggest in the conference championship as a whole. Mm-hmm. And people are acting like number one, it was all the Lions' fault. The Lions gave them the game. And number two, Brock only made three good plays in the game and they were all runs. And I'm stunned by this. Like, that's been the narrative so far after this game is the Lions blew it. The Lions are terrible. Brock Purdy made three good plays. And that's what people are saying. Are, is that what people are saying? All the people? All the I, I'm sorry, man. I took a class at UCLA when I was a sophomore called Evidence, and the professor would get so upset when journalists would do stuff like that. People are saying, like, who, Rob? Who says who says Brock Purdy sucks? I need to know. Because I'm going to go to his house, I'm going to knock on his door, I'm going to say, sir, I want a retraction. I want a retraction in writing because Brock Purdy is excellent. I think he's excellent. You think he's fantastic. Other people might think he's phenomenal. Sucks? Who says he sucks? Jay Cutler on Inside the NFL said he's the weak. Jay Cutler? Bless his heart. Mina Kimes, I just listened to the Mina Kimes show. She didn't say he sucks, but she just pointed out the three good running plays and said the Lions screwed some stuff up, and that was really it in the game. Like, if, if 
Lamar Jackson made the plays in that Lions game that Brock Purdy made. If you just change the jerseys and just put a purple jersey that said Jackson on it, people would be going crazy for some of the plays that Brock Purdy made in that game. But because it's Brock and because he sucks until he's proven that he doesn't suck, even though he keeps proving it over and over again, it's just, I, well, the Lions. Can I make a point? Like, So you just named two people. I think what, what you want is 100% of the people to be fawning over Brock. Because the way I see it is like 95% of the American public are fawning over Brock Purdy. And to get attention, certain people use their platform to disparage him and go over the top with it. It's fair to have, criti not criticism, it's fair to have criticism. It's fair to have questions. He still hasn't played that much. He still has a lot to prove. So it's fair to have a lot of questions about the context of what he's doing. But when people come out and say, he's this or he's that, he's not that good or he sucks, it's because he's the number one topic in football. What are we talking about? First topic on this show, Brock Purdy. Yep. Not are the Niners going to win the Super Bowl. Let's look at the matchup with the Chiefs. No, 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 no. It's Brock Purdy. He's the number one topic in football. He led the league in Pro Bowl voting. Like, my, the, the, my question is, is this the new face of the NFL? I know we like to talk about how disrespected he is, and maybe he is by certain people, but like people who don't have shows on FS1, people who just watch football are captivated by Brock Purdy. And he's sort of, as we can see, the Brock Purdy fans are a different segment of the population than the Lamar Jackson fans or the Patrick Mahomes fans. He has his own segment of the NFL fan base, and it's freaking huge. And he, I don't know if he's filling in for Tom Brady or Peyton Manning or a combination, but he's getting those comparisons. The NFL has had a tough time replacing those two stars in there. They're gone. And now you got a little Brock Purdy walking in who's just the most relatable, marketable, has the best story. I mean, I think he's the new face of the league, especially if he, if he beats Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl. He's the new face of the league. So I think what you're talking about is a difference between how maybe general NFL, some general NFL fans feel about Brock Purdy and how the national media feels about Brock Purdy. Sure. Maybe I'm guilty of sure. saying national media. Chris Sims just went on a whole rant that I tweeted out yesterday. I love Chris. I worked with Chris at NBC for almost a decade. Oh, Chris, yeah. About how, oh, well, you know, you're going up against Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl and the only play quarterbacks that have ever beaten Patrick Mahomes in the playoffs are Tom Brady and Joe Burrow. And when you look, mm -hmm. you compare Mahomes and Burrow to Brock Purdy. I mean, Brock Purdy looks like a, an 11th grade social studies teacher and all this stuff. And it's, it's again, it's I don't part of why he's the new face of the NFL like that. I think that we, we saw the same thing in the Bay Area with Steph Curry when he was starting to take over people just like, well, he doesn't jump high enough. He doesn't look like the like the six foot six, six foot eight face of the league you're supposed to look like and then he changed everything i'm not saying brock purdy's steph curry but the fact that he looks different the fact that he doesn't look like a superhero the fact that he looks like your little cousin is endearing and it's part of why i think maybe pundits don't like him but pundits are always a little late to the party anyway i think it's why country loves brock purdy loves him so I, I, it makes me laugh. I get on. So we're on here. We're talking about how disrespected he is. I go in my car. I'm driving down to Santa Clara's 45 minute drive. I listen to Jim Rome. What's he talking about? How disrespected Brock is like that is everyone's topic. And it seems like, man, everyone in the world is defending Brock Purdy. I think he is the most defended quarterback in the league. That's the way I see it. Anytime anyone says anything about him, Amy Trask, Cam Newton, that person is tarred and feathered. Get out of town. You are no longer welcome in our football speaking way. You know what I mean? It's like, come on, man.
Brock Purdy's about to be a very, very rich man. He's almost, he's 24 years old. He can defend himself. He's doing a great job. He's about to be a champion, maybe. Maybe. Well, first of all, I don't maybe. even think Amy Trask said anything that bad. I love it. Nah, Amy. she's cool. I like Amy. Uh, so that, but I agree that there is a very loud vocal set of Brock Purdy defenders. In fact, yes. Brock Purdy people that are making him out to be Joe Montana, which I don't, I'm not in that group either. But I think there is a very loud and vocal group of and to my point though when you're the face of, of a league like lebron james you're polarizing you don't just get praise you're freaking polarizing there's going to be people that want to go on tv and say you know what this guy's not that good skip bayless did that for lebron james for 20 years <laughs> well right it's i mean i i did that with jimmy garoppolo i just happened to be right people are trying to do that with brock purdy and you might want to be careful man this is not jimmy garoppolo for a lot of reasons Oh now, I'm God. not going to say that what he did against the Lions was like the most incredible playoff performance of all time. But you know what? It doesn't matter because as long as he wins the next game, that's all that matters. No one's going to give him style. You don't get style points for winning the game. You won. I think you won. It- Jerry Goff lost. End of story. Now you get to go play Bowser in the final level. Can you win Super Mario? But that's my point. I think it was pretty incredible. Like okay. I, his performance in the NFC. Well, beauty's in the eye of the beholder, man. I'm not going to tell you to go get that phone number if that's what you want. I, I I'm stunned that people are reacting to it. Like he made play after play Bro, after play. He hit Kendall Vilder in the face. So what? Hit him How in the face. Did they get from that zero. Huh? Hit him in the face. Two. So there what? was a certain degree of luck after the game. Brandon Ayuk said he caught that ball because a ladybug landed on the shoe before the game, and now like it was that kind of a game. It reminded me a little bit of two years ago when um they blocked the punt and no one knew where the ball was. It's just. Sometimes things work out. It worked out for them. It's, it, you got to acknowledge that there was a lot of fortune in that game. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. Yeah. You need both. Yeah. To pull yeah, up. you do. You There's have nothing to. wrong with that. No shame in that. No but shame in that. Here's what people say, right? Oh, that was a fluky play to Ayuk. First of all, it got the 49ers zero points. So they might not have scored. They scored because Brock threw a touchdown pass. Three true. plays after that on third. That's down. true. And what down was that when they completed the ball to Ayuk? I bet most people don't even know. It was first down. So let's say he doesn't catch it, right? They got the rest True. of the downs. They could That's still a great point. Drive. But, but people are like, oh. And it was a great catch. It was a great catch by Brandon Ayuk. So you can't take that away. It's not like someone on that play had to do something extraordinary. It wasn't an extraordinary throw. But it was an extraordinary. It was one of the greatest catches you'll ever see. So you get credit. I guess we're just we're talking about like Brock's performance. It's fair to be like, well, uh, I mean, there is some good. There's a, uh, but like the team's performance. Yeah. It's very, it's very impressive that they erased a deficit like that in eight minutes. The, the first play of the drive on the game, when they, on the go ahead field goal drive, it's first and 10 at the 20 yard line. And Christian McCaffrey, one of the Avengers completely whiffs on his block. And the defender comes through totally unblocked and drills Brock. He shrugs him off, rolls to his left. Hits yeah. Kyle Juszczyk right at the sticks for a first down. Look, Brock is really good. He's not Jimmy Garoppolo. He makes plays. He uses his feet. He ad-libs. We know this. He's I compare him to Jeff Garcia, and I was I love Jeff Garcia. I thought he's one of the more underrated quarterbacks ever. So he's really good, but, I mean, what, we're 12 minutes in, and we're not – because they won, we're not going to even – we haven't even mentioned the interception he threw, which was awful. It was a Jimmy pick yeah. all the way. It was a Jimmy pick all the way. And then – there were two other throws that hit the defender either in the hands or the face. 
and it's like okay it's cool we're not going to talk about it he's won and if he beats the, the chiefs and no one's really ever going to care that kendall vilder almost you know whatever no one's going to care but that's part of the story too and let's say let's say the niners lose to the chiefs brock throws two picks the chiefs don't drop them then you go back and look at those games against Green Bay and Detroit and be like, well, actually, he kind of was doing this and they let him off the hook because they weren't as good as Kansas City and it was in front of our faces. Or if they win and just handle business against Kansas City, you go back and look and like, well, it didn't matter at all. Didn't freaking matter at all. So we'll see. We got a bunch of super chats and I do want to get to those. I love super chats. Thanks. Thank you to everybody. Uh, you're doing the thing, though. You're doing the thing that everybody does with Brock Purdy, which is. I'm doing the thing. Yes, there's a thing. All of the good plays are forgotten, especially if they're not touchdowns. And all of No, the- no, no, hold on, hold on, hold on. We just did 12 minutes of the good plays, and I just wanted to balance it out a little bit at the end. We didn't mention the interceptions for the first 12 minutes. I think that's fair. The interception was a bad play, 100%. But all the other plays, like, oh, well, this could have been an interception or should have been an interception, they're treated like they did happen. Like, they actually No, did. it didn't happen. Again, we didn't mention it for 12 minutes out of respect to Brock Purdy. Didn't mention it, but it happened. Right. It happened. And it happened. also a lot more other good plays that I haven't even mentioned happened too. And nobody's talking about those. It's only the three runs. That's it. It's just the three runs. The it, throw to use check spinning out of that sack, throw, throwing the use check, the throw he hit where he got blasted. Yes. I mean, we all, if you really watch the game, you know that there were many, the, the throw where he like, like fade away, jump shotted it to Jawan Jennings. There were many, many plays. He, the guy is a playmaker. He's not a game manager. He takes chances. What game manager would throw that interception? I mean, not to harp on the bad. It's just like, it's who he is. Debo wasn't open. There, there, he was like going to fit that ball into a tight window. God love you for trying. But like, you know, that's he's not a game. Can't call him game manager. He does want to be a gunslinger. He is a playmaker and a game changer. He just takes some risks that he doesn't necessarily need to take on this team. But maybe he'll have to take them against the Chiefs. Like, that could be a high-scoring game. I don't know. I feel like the highlight packages, those plays aren't in the highlight packages. And they absolutely freaking should be. It's the three runs. And it's the McCaffrey touchdown. It's maybe the field goal. And it's the Lions on fourth down. I think if any other quarterback had that exact same game, they would be getting so much love especially now with all this time to fill before the super bowl and yet with brock it's literally i mean literally he was called the weak link by jay cutler the weak link after jay cutler and and again let's compare them jay cutler is the antithesis of brock purdy right well yeah right Jay Cutler was a top 10 pick. Jay Cutler, 6'4". Jay Cutler can throw the ball 80 yards. He can spin it. He can drive it. Like, he's the old prototype for what you want in a quarterback. Was he, like, could he process like Brock? Could he see the field like Brock? Did he make decisions like Brock? Hell no. He even played for Shanahan. So, I think it's easy for, I mean, it's, I don't want to, it's predictable that Cutler would feel this way about a quarterback like, like Brock, and to your point, he really has broken quarterback analysis because how do you look at a quarterback who can't throw the ball 70 yards, who can't drive the ball on a line, who's only six feet and a half inch? How do you look at him as elite? Because those things don't freaking matter. Look at Jared Goff, dude. He's six foot four with a cannon. Doesn't matter. He's a game manager. What matters is your uh, mobility, your feet, your creativity, your field vision, your decision making, your accuracy. That's what matters. And I, I think you have a really good point. I think people are figuring out what matters with quarterbacks. It only took them, what, 
hundred years. I just I'm stunned that he seems to be getting treated differently than other quarterbacks. Like I literally know. on the I, know. I don't want to keep going back and I know it upsets you. But I, what I'm trying to say is like the only reason national pundits are doing this is because he's the number one topic in, in sports and people love him. And so you get you stand out by being like, I'm the guy who says Brock sucks, although I don't think people say he sucks. You stand out. You could be one of the million people that says Brock's underrated. Brock, I mean, who a million people do that? Manuel Acho, the spreadsheet, on and on and on and on and on. And I'm sure a lot you get a lot of Niner fans patting you on the back when you say that. But nationally, you probably get more. Oh, what did he say? He doesn't like Brock. How could you not like Brock? He's such a nice guy. He's Christian. He loves God. He doesn't make that much money. He chops at JC Penny. He doesn't have tattoos. He's the most wholesome. He drinks milk at dinner. I, I, he's the most wholesome person in the world, Rob. In the world. He's squeaky clean. People freaking love him. I'm just saying. Easy the, to hate on a guy like that. In the same podcast, the Mina Kimes, the latest episode of the Mina Kimes podcast, they say. Patrick Mahomes did an awesome job against the Ravens because he managed the game. He did an awesome job managing the game, and he knew he didn't have to score more than 17 points because the Ravens weren't going to score. So the analysis with Patrick Mahomes when he scores 17 points is, well, he didn't want to score more against the Ravens. Good job, Mahomes, doing that. That's what I mean. We've, we know Patrick Mahomes is great. He's, he's an all-timer already. So whenever he has wins, we're going to twist his performance and we're going to compliment him. But we've decided that Brock Purdy stinks and has to prove. That Why am I defending Mina Kimes? But I have to. I mean, look, he's playing the Ravens defense. We saw what the Ravens did to Brock. Brock turned the ball over five times and didn't finish the game. So Patrick Mahomes didn't turn the ball over. He Great. didn't throw a pick. That's what she's talking about. Like that's what that, you're going against the best defense in the league. You they can win the game. They can make you lose the game. He didn't. He didn't lose the game. He only scored 17 points. But Brock, I mean, how many points did they score with Brock in the game? 13, 10 in that Ravens game. I don't remember. And it's yeah, like 13. I mean, it's not specifically about Mina. I love Mina Kimes. I think she's one of okay. the smartest NFL analysts. But it's just I feel like as a whole, the sports media. When we've decided whether players are good or bad, we'll take whatever performance they have and twist it into, well, here's why it was actually good. And with Brock, I feel like we're, we decided that he's bad. The national analysts have decided, we've decided he's, he's bad. good. The, the national analysts, name what? You named Emmanuel Acho, who's barely I mean, out there as a national. Richard Sherman loves him. Sherman does love him. That's true. But Sherman, I mean, he's a little I Who does so? Who, who hates him? I mean, Nick Wright hates him. Florio and Sims have not really been on the Brock Purdy train yet. I mean, everybody on the end inside if the end. Not on the train. You hate him. Channing, no, I'm not hating him. On the train. They're not giving him the credit that, that they would give to other quarterbacks that did the same thing. Fair. I, I stand by my point that this it's a way to get attention online. Hey, everyone's giving Brock Purdy credit. Let me be the guy who doesn't. That's what I. That's how I felt about Jimmy Garoppolo. I was like, everyone is giving this guy a ton of credit. Like, I need to go out of my way. I need to go out of my way to say this about Jimmy. But I felt like I was right. I think with people that do it with Brock, it's hard to feel like you're standing on business when you're saying he's not good. Like, man, he wins all the time. Like, he makes plays on his own that Jimmy never made. Yeah, he has the weakest arm of the starting quarterbacks, but it doesn't seem to matter. Yeah, he's six feet tall. Who cares? It doesn't seem to matter. So he's not the best quarterback in the league, but he's 
excellent. I think everyone should be able to agree on that at this point. Let's get to Although if he throws four picks in the Super Bowl like he did against the Ravens, all bets are off. Brock, Brock, <laughs> be careful, man. That gunslinger in you. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like he's some turnover like machine too. I don't feel like he's as risky with the ball as people make it out to be because he threw one interception against the Lions and had a bad game against the Ravens. I mean, I, he gives defenses their opportunities. It's whether or not they do anything with them. And that's, I think, a, a big reason why, ideally, they keep him to around 25 pass attempts a game. You get him up 35, 40, teams, the other team's going to have two, three opportunities to pick it off. I mean, some of these defenses don't do anything with him, but it's a really good defense. They're not going to whiff. They are very good and excellent yeah. defense. But I don't think that, like, Brock Purdy has two or three dropped interceptions every game. I really don't. I think that is a perception that has happened well, because in of the, the last two games, in the playoffs. That's what's happened in the last two games. And he had a lot, a bunch of drop picks uh, against Seattle and Dallas last year too. So maybe not in the regular season, but this is these are the playoffs. These are some sophisticated defenses with sophisticated game plans. Just don't force the ball into that intermediate area like you do, man. I know you want to throw that pass, but let it be open. That pass to Debo shouldn't have happened. He was never open. That, that was, was a bad not, decision. That was, was a bad pass. Yes, don't do that. Like the ball to Ayuk. If that guy, that's a hell of a catch. If that guy makes the interception, we laugh because it hit him in the face, but he's, he's diving backwards. That'd be a hell of a catch. If he made the interception, like, it's not like the one to Darnell Savage, which was right between the three and the six. That's true. Like, like, t t let's be fair about that. So Ayuk wasn't open on that play. He was not. But Purdy says he's one-on-one. -on -one, I'm going to give him a shot. And the, the defenders in such good position, he's in better position than Ayuk that he can sort of bump Ayuk off his track and, camp under the ball and it looks like the ball's under overthrown when really it really wasn't and that's why they threw the flag and picked it up because they're like actually he was in good position so yeah it was the it the interception was just something that i even wrote about it i talked about it i wrote about it. i was like man the lions are going to be trying to take away that intermediate area because you talk about how you can layer throws in there and fit throws in tight when that, that's your area don't force it you don't have to. You can take shots deep. They'll be open. You can check it down. It'll be open. Don't force in that one area. And he did it one time. And I'm telling you, like, don't do that against the Chiefs. <laughs> that one pick could be the difference. Just don't do that. Play within yourself. Be a little bit more of a game manager. Could win the Super Bowl. It'll be a legend. No one will care how you did it. Yeah, we'll find out if that actually happens. Uh, let's get to some super chats. JCG1987, did you see the clip where Bosa's talking to Brock in the locker room and asks how he has the confidence and Brock responds that he can be better? This was an awesome clip on Inside I the didn't NFL. See it, no. You haven't seen it, go watch it. They had a, a okay. bunch of clips, which I wanted to talk about. So this is a perfect setup. Thank you. After the game, it's Bosa and it's Brock in the locker room. Hmm. And they're just, it's just them having a conversation. And Bosa's like, did you think that you would be this good that you would do what you're doing and without hesitating brock just goes honestly i think i could be better like immediate response and i'm just like that dude is a freaking killer man he looks like you know kirk cousins heidi ho whatever he is a freaking dog and i love it i feel like if you have a quarterback you know the famous joe burrow line the super bowl window is my whole career that's brock he just doesn't say it publicly, and Joe Burrow does. Yeah, absolutely. That's his mentality. I love it. Uh, <laughs> There's another clip I saw. This one killed me. Um, George Kittle. You yeah. saw this? He's going around to, like, everyone on the sideline telling him the joke he's going to say after yeah. the game, yeah. which isn't even original. He just wants to say that line from the meme. They had us in the first half. I'm not going to lie. 
Mm-hmm. So he keeps going to people on the side and no one laughs. <laughs> so he's trying other people. He goes up to Brock, who's watching standing the game, like locked in. And Brock doesn't even look at him. Brock never reacts. Brock is lazy. Brock never reacts. Like, dude, and you could, you could if it was like a cartoon, you did the thought bubble, like, grow up, George. Grow <laughs> up. It's not funny. I think we're playing the NFC Championship game. Like, leave me alone, man. Leave me alone. I thought that was hilarious. I really respect Brock Purdy for having that kind of mentality. There was actually a couple of good clips from Kittle because, yes, he was doing that, and he did do it to Brock, and Brock had Brock is just, like, laser-focused. But also, Kittle went <laughs> up to Brock and was pumping him up, you know, like, don't change anything. Be who you are. You're the man. And then, and I love this clip, Kittle goes up to Chase Young, and he says, I need the best version of you right now. And like, Oh, my God. What have we said about Chase Young, though? Mm. Talent is there, but he doesn't always, like, put it together. And I just love that George was going around trying to get the most out of him, trying to motivate him. And I feel like it helped. I feel it. Um, At some point in the show, we're about halfway through. Can we talk about the Chiefs' offense against the Niners' defense, that matchup? Because the Chiefs' offense is way different than it was four years ago. And I think it's an interesting dilemma to talk about at some point yes let's i will write that down I know we got some super chats I'm, I, I just don't want to write it down mark it i will write it down uh, you don't have I, to make a mental are, note people are waiting and i i've you know I thought, I've, they're important i appreciate everyone uh let's go to james welsh says i don't know if brock will be a great quarterback for years to come i do know that i was impressed with him in the second but that he's been so lucky in this playoff run and you hate this rob but he's interception prone he has 11 picks this year 11 I would not call that interception prone. I wouldn't. You know, it's not like Dak Prescott from two years ago. That, that's not what we're dealing with here. Okay. You're not. not concerned. Rob is not concerned about the interceptions. I love that. He's not concerned. He had four in one game. Without that game, he had seven the rest of the season. Like, I don't think that I, I don't think that he's like, you know, Jay Cutler or something like that. I'm not saying he's Jay Cutler, but he does throw the ball with anticipation. He does, you know, uh, brag about how he fits passes and tight windows and layers yeah. thrown over around defenders. And Give me like, the, okay, well, where's the quote from Brock where he's bragging about how good his intermediate throws are? You said oh, he, he says that he. I mean, what, what, did, what did Mark Schlera say that you know that if you watch the tape, you see that he can layer throws and he can fit balls into tight windows. I mean, he's he's talked about the fact that he he can do it. He can fit balls into tight windows. He was trying to on the interception that he was throwing to Debo Samuel, who was triple covered. Like he, he thought he could do that. So, I mean, he, I respect it. I mean, I respect it. He he has he thinks he's as good as anyone. He won't come out and say it, but he thinks he's as good as anyone. And you have to think that. You have to think that. He's not supposed to be out there and be like, I am the f- the eighth best quarterback in the league. And if I act like I'm the fifth best quarterback, I'm gonna get in trouble. Like I, of course not. But you're the best. Believe it. You have to have that attitude. Have to have that for sure. Official BNA music says the straw man nonsense got to stop. Rock's a dog, and super fans need to quit treating him like he's their brother. Quit acting like Nicki Minaj fans. I don't understand the reference. I know she's been having a tough time on Twitter. She was Nicki going after the stallion. I know that, but I don't. I don't know anything more than well, that. And Nicki's like 40 now, and see, you can't you can't beef with people younger than you on social media. It looks bad. 
Chris Waddell, YouTube channel member, says, doesn't happen often, but I 100% agree with Grant. To add to that, I think the people like Lombardi that act like he's the best quarterback ever is part of why the other side has pushed back a little harder. Yeah, it's fair to say that. I think that's fair to say that. Like, people like me, like, I'm not trying to go out of my way to be like, hold on, let's let's take Brock down a peg. But it's, it's that conversation that Brock isn't even involved with. The other the the spreadsheet conversation that says Brock is like Joe Montana or the best quarterback in the league. It's like okay, well we have to balance this conversation out because that's ridiculous. Uh, there was actually an article. I don't know if you saw it. I, I did. Get who wrote it? Uh, calling out Lombardi, basically. It was in the Chronicle. Yeah, for PSF. Yeah, he didn't respond to it. Stunning. Uh, more from Chris says that throw wasn't as bad as you think. IU got misdirected, and it would have been difficult either way. That made it That's look fair. thrown. That's fair. That's we fair. Touched on that. Yeah. Too much sauce says Super Bowl Fifty Eight. Steve Wilkes last game coaching the Forty ers Um, uh, not a, I think so. Maybe I don't know. Well, I want to come back. Hold on. I want to come back to that throw again one more time. Okay. So it wasn't a bad throw. That's a good point. Um, it wasn't a great route. Like. Ayuk didn't win. That's why I think it's one of the greatest catches of all time. He wasn't open. He didn't win. He made the catch anyway. Incredible catch. Incredible play. People always say that Brandon Ayuk doesn't have like a signature play. Boom. He's been incredible in this playoffs. Not quantity, but quality of catches. He only has six catches the whole playoffs for 100 yards and a touchdown. But all of them have gone for either a first down or a touchdown. And all of them have been in some of the biggest leverage moments of the games. It's been incredible. I just think it's interesting. Jimmy clearly thought Debo was the best wide receiver on the team. Yeah. Uh, Purdy clearly thinks it's Ayuk. He even <laughs> said it. So when asked about that throw and why he's like, look, I had one of my best. When you have the best receiver on the team one-on-one, you give him a chance. He said it. He like corrected himself. He was going to say one of the best. He's like, no, nah, let's, just, let's just say it. The best. He is. And I like that, honestly. Like the yeah. 49ers have better players, especially at the skill spots, than pretty much everybody. So I like that if it's one-on-one, he's like, I'm throwing it. I like yeah. it. Now, yeah. I also famously remember Colin Kaepernick doing that in the championship game against the Seahawks. It resulted in an interception at the end of that game on first down. So he can't get into trouble. But uh, oh, I like that he's willing to take the chance instead of saying, oh, my God, it's not totally wide open. Things aren't perfect, so I can't throw it. I would rather have the other one. I mean, if you take a chance, and in that in that case, he hit the guy in the face, and it worked out. So it was worth it. But whew, things can happen. Go things back can happen. This Wilkes question. If they lose and they give up a lot of points, maybe. I mean, what? Bill Belichick's hanging around. Like, you could make – you could say, look, I mean, we're not scapegoating him. We just have an opportunity to bring in an incredible defensive coordinator. But, again, is it going to be one of these situations where it's like, look, Bill, we really respect what you've been doing for the last 30, 40 years, but we run the wide nine here. So you're going to have to do what we tell you. Like, if that's what they're looking to do, what's the point of bringing in someone else just to run someone – like, that's, I don't know. Bill is not going to – no. And he's not going to take a D coordinator. He's not going to be. No, no. So I, I just don't see what the point. I think they're going to keep Wilkes. Steph Sanchez uh, brought up Belichick because somebody asked Kyle, like, are you going to get a defensive consultant? Are you going to talk to anybody or hire somebody? And Kyle was like, mm, no. But we do know that Kyle and Bill know each other. They have a relationship. If I was Kyle Shanahan, I would give Bill Belichick a call and just say, hey, what are your thoughts on slowing down Mahomes? Or, hey, this is what we're thinking of doing. Do you think it would work? Why not? You got the time, right? I mean, hell, you got to get on the Nah, break. man. He has, he has us. I wore my quality control jacket. We're going to talk about how to slow down Mahomes and their offense in like five minutes. We got this. Don't worry about it. Don't we'll Save your money and your time. Let Bill Belichick retire. David, sir, 
new YouTube channel, or not new, I should say, been a member for 16 months. If you want to become a YouTube channel member for, for my channel, the Gold Standard Network, it's less than $3 a month. You get custom emojis, membership badges, priority comment response. It's a great way to support the channel. So please consider doing that. Front Row says, crazy thing about Brock is he's an MVP finalist and hasn't had a real NFL offseason. His real year one to year two jump is coming to be this offseason. That's a fair point. He's actually going to be able to throw in this offseason. Um, he was basically rehabbing for the entire offseason. I mean, he told Nick Bosa, I can be better. So maybe this is the quote unquote worst version of Brock Purdy that we'll ever see. Okay. Why are okay. you why are you chortling? Why are you the scum- worst version of Brock Purdy that we're gonna see? Him with a 113 rating. It's gonna be the worst season he's had. I don't know, man. Maybe you say some things that I that I just I don't want to argue with you about it. Like you said it on camera. Like this people are gonna remember this. Well, you but, hey, that's fine. You made a choice. You're 38. 39. I can't tell you not to say these things. It's your show. 39. Um 39. But you can be a, you can be a better player and have worse statistics. Like Patrick Mahomes is never going to throw 50 touchdowns again, but he's a better player now than he was when he threw 50. Okay. Touchdowns. I see what you mean. 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 Brother Bob says, Iglet stop. Leave stats alone. LOL. <laughs> never mind. Do it. We do this every morning. We have a good time. Every <laughs> Wednesday morning. We have a good time. Okie 49. I'm not a believer in Purdy until he kicks the game winning field goal in the Super Bowl. At that point, I like that. I do. Wonder. I like that. Antonio, yeah, until he can throw a pass and catch it himself, he's not the MVP. Lamar did that. That was – I've never now seen – he lost. Right. That was a crazy play. Antonio – he was number one on SportsCenter, and that's what matters. Ayuk was pissed about that. <laughs> uh, Brady's career was built off lucky moments in the playoffs. Marlon McCree, Billy Cundiff scoring 13 in the Super Bowl twice, yet winning, playing Rivers and LaDainian Tomlinson with one leg each, but Purdy gets trashed for it. Make it make sense. No one is trashing Brock. We really got to stop. We really got to stop protecting him like he's 13 no one's trashing brock and everyone understands people use that context against brady forever yes they did forever man this is what happens when you're the face of the nfl you're going to be polarizing some people are going to think you get too much credit some people think you don't get enough credit like embrace it this has been lebron's life for 20 years it's good you know what comes with this conversation money Well, he's going to get paid. Brady got it for the same that Brock gets it, though. Sixth-round pick, right? Only got the job because of injury, right? They said he threw... When Brock's 40, he's going to have, like, a billion dollars. (laughs) All right. Uh, Philip David Davies says, can we run on the Chiefs' defense? Helps the passing game. All right. You want to get into the Chiefs' offense? I was going to talk about the other side of the ball. Uh, the, The, you know, stopping Mahomes. Okay. Uh, you know. says, mentions that article we talked about and how spreadsheets coverage of Brock Purdy makes it easier for people to turn on him. You're doing the same thing, Rob. No, I'm not telling you Brock Purdy's Joe Montana. I'm telling you the performance he had is being looked at differently than if another quarterback had the exact same performance. That's what I'm saying. Anyway. That's a good point, though. Like, because if it's someone that the national media had already agreed is great, then whatever that person does is amazing. And if you're right, like, so Brock hasn't gotten that. He hasn't achieved that status yet. You don't get that status until you have a ring, at least yep. maybe two. But once you're in that, like he's he's on the cusp of of being freaking uncriticizable. But oh, he's not there yet. He's not there yet. If he throws for 300 yards and but he throws a pick that costs them the game, people are gonna trash him. They will. They will. It, but if he throws for 300 yards and throws a pick and they win, he'll be a made man. 
Yes. Made man. That's that's how it goes. Uh, Jimmy Swan says Brock plays like Superman, looks like Car Car Kent. That's absolutely true. Uh, Jose says if Brock, no, man, he looks like Peter Parker. Clark Kent was a grown up. I'm sorry. Like he looks like uh, he's in high school. Sorry. That's fair. Um, yeah. So Clark Kent was a farm boy too. And, you know, he's got the Superman. Body. Hey dude. Yeah. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Uh, if Brock throws a pick six in the fourth quarter, making the final score 28, 34 chiefs, like Peter Schrager predicted, I'm going to go off. Peter has predicted five Super Bowls. Five. Oh, for the chiefs. Yeah. I mean, Oh, he's predicting that. Yeah. What? So, so the Chiefs are the underdogs. I saw that uh, Mahomes yes. is ten and three as an underdog. I mean, right up. I don't know why the 49ers are favored in the game. But I don't get that. I don't I, get that at all. This is the defending champions. Yeah, they can be the favorite. And then I have champions. stars, man. I remember 2019. <laughs> he was. I don't know if any other quarterback could have made that comeback that he made in 2019 in the Super Bowl. But anyway. All right. Yeah. We got bets, but I want to make sure we get into what you want to talk about. The Chiefs offense, yeah. 49ers defense. What do you got for me? Okay. So I think Niner fans are real familiar with what the offense looked like four years ago with Tyreek Hill and Sammy Watkins. That was a way different offense. That was like an 11 personnel, three wide receiver type track meet offense. That's not what they do anymore in Kansas City. Like, they, if you watch the, the game, the AFC championship, they're very much a two tight end offense. They use this guy, Noah Gray, a lot. He had like 47 snaps on offense. They gave him five targets. He only had eight yards. He's mostly a blocker. But what I think is interesting, they're much more of a, they're leveraging their power on offense. They have a good offensive line. They have two tight ends. Like They don't have a lot of talent at wide receiver. So, they can watch the film of the NFC Championship game and watch what Detroit did. Detroit, where everyone going to that game was like, ah, oh, how are they going to stop? How are they going to stop Jameer Gibbs? They can't set the edge. And yeah, they gave up those two touchdowns around the outside, but really, the Lions had all the success with David Montgomery gouging in between the tackles. And it was from these two tight end formations or six offensive lines, these heavy formations. And Steve Wilkes didn't really do anything to match up with them. He just used his wide nine. He used his regular front and kind of got overpowered. Now, the Lions really couldn't really do much with it. They didn't have the play-action passing game to, to, to match with it. But the Chiefs can look at that and say, well, damn, like, we can have success with that. We can, we can run out of two tight end for me. Do that anyway. And if, I, if, if Steve Wilkes doesn't adjust, we can win this way. If he does, we can actually go over the top with Patrick Mahomes. So I think that's going to be more of the chess match here. Like, not necessarily the nickel and dime packages that the Niners had to play four years ago, but... What kind of base packages are you going to play against this? How are you not going to get overwhelmed by the Chiefs' run game and play action game? It's a whole different, it's a whole different setup now. I think it's kind of interesting. The Niners can stop it, but it's a different calculus. I think that stopping Isaiah Pacheco is going to be huge for yeah. the 49ers. That's what worries me about the Chiefs' offense. Mahomes is always going to be able to find Kelsey. Oh. Like he's it's impossible to stop that. Yeah. I think Pacheco, they're just going to pound him up the middle. And the thing about him that makes him so scary for me is even if you make contact with him after one or two yards, he always falls forward. He's always picking up three, four, five yards. That's going to put the Chiefs ahead of the sticks, make second and short, third and short. And trying to stop Mahomes on second and short is almost freaking impossible because he could throw it from anywhere. He could run it from anywhere. So I think slowing down Pacheco is job one for the 49ers. 
And I don't know. It's going to be a very tall task. Javon Hargrave and Javon Kinlaw and Eric Armstead are going to have to earn their money in the middle of the field. Yeah, I mean, you look at the success David Montgomery had against the Niners. Pacheco's quite similar. Runs just as hard. Built kind of similarly. I mean, I think you'd be a fool to look at that if you were Andy Reid and say, well, we can't. We got to at least try it. They're going to do that. Oh, yeah. They're, they ran Pacheco 24 times in the, in the AFC Championship game. They run the ball. And it's not like, uh, you know, uh, shotgun, zone read, little finesse runs. Like, no, we're going to push you. Yep, we're gonna we're gonna win the line of scrimmage. This is that's not who they were four years ago, but they have the personnel to do it. And so Steve Wilkes can't just throw out his wide nine like that. That's the thing about it. That's why I like this. Think about the wide nine. Everything has a weakness. The wide nine puts the defensive ends outside the the tight ends. So if you do a two tight end formation, one on each side, you've widened out the wide nine as as far as it can go. And now you've put extra space between the defensive tackles and the defensive ends. And you saw what Dave Montgomery did. It's the best way to run against the wide nine. And if you get gouged like that, Wilkes, you got to have another front than you could go to in the second quarter, not freaking halftime. <laughs> well, that's you know what I'm saying? So I'm curious to see what happens. You saw you got it. You put it on film. You got gouged. What are you going to do? Because you know the Chiefs are coming for this. That's the thing is how quickly do you make the adjustment? I yeah. mean, there's only gave up 34 rushing yards in the second half. So like they, you need a five-man front. If this is gouging you, you need a five-man front. Here's you can go to. Don't let this be the reason you lose the game. Isaiah Pacheco, he's good, but you can't lose because of a running back. You have the better running back. In every game you play. Until yeah, you can't lose because of Pacheco. So this on Wilkes. As someone asked earlier, is this his last game with the Niners? I mean, if he lets Pacheco go for 150 and three touchdowns. Well, then they have no shot to win. The Niners are giving up 158 in the ground uh, per game in the playoffs. Like, that can't... The 5.6 yards per carry in the... You can't... You got to stop this. It's coming. That's yeah. And Pacheco had 24 carries against the Ravens in the AFC Championship. He had mm -hmm. a long of 12. So he yeah, Ravens are tough. Averaged 2.8 yards per carry, but the Chiefs kept stuck with giving it. him the ball. So yeah. that's definitely going to be something that it comes down to uh, in the. Someone Super Bowl. said they can't go over the top. Do they have Marquez Valdez Scanling? He's fast. Like if yeah. you, if, <laughs> I'm just saying, like he'll get two targets in this game. And he might catch one of them, and that's a 50-yard catch. So you got to honor it, but yep. he's not a big factor. Keith Murphy, the unbeaten YouTube channel member, says, I think some of this is on Kyle. The opening script, which is usually Kyle's strength, has been lacking. Settle Brock down with short passing game runs. Kyle's dropping Brock back like he's Mahomes. He's a second-year quarterback. Look, the Niners scored more points on their opening drive this year than any team in NFL history. And I get it. it there's 17 games, so that does help. But... They have been great on the opening script, but not in the playoffs. In the playoffs, they have not had as effective an opening offense. Um, and I would like to see them, you know, start fast. We They have not started fast in the playoffs. They have really taken their time to get that locomotive moving down the track. Chiefs we, have been starting fast. You don't want to play from behind against the Chiefs. Let's get shot out of a cannon here. That would be good. Yeah. Uh, Chris Waddell says, you guys should do a quarterback draft of all the ones you'd pick over Brock to start a team with curious where he would end up on that list uh he'd be down the list seven, a eight, ways for me seven or eight nine something like that i mean although like like two weeks ago i was thinking i'd rather start a team with jordan love than brock purdy now i'm like mm, i don't know jordan love crumbled in a in a playoff game i don't know yeah i mean there's it's also it takes time yeah. I think, for guys to develop in the playoff like brock purdy already has among the top of the most playoff wins for a quarterback his age, because it's hard to win in the playoffs, man. Even like Peyton Manning, 
He went to four Super Bowls. He didn't really do that great his first time through the playoffs. It takes time. It takes experience. Mm-hmm. So I don't want to jump too harshly to criticize Jordan Love because his first year as a starter, like what Brock is doing is not normal. So I, I you know. Can I, can I make a plea to Niners Nation and fans and pundits everywhere? Like I understand Brock's the number one topic in the league and he might be the face of the, of the NFL. Um, but this Niners team is so much bigger than Brock. And the narratives and the storylines are so much bigger than whether he's getting enough credit. Like this team might win their sixth Lombardi trophy. And it, it's it's McCaffrey, it's Bosa, it's Debo, it's so many guys. I think we we get a little fixated on this one conversation, which is kind of a meta conversation. It's a conversation about the conversation about Brock Purdy. It's fine, but we we also need to give like the whole team its due because this is an I mean, they're two weeks away from being an all-time great team. Yes. All-time great. All-time great and an all-time, an all-time great team. Yes. Yeah. It's not just the Brock Purdy team, man. It's all of them. And that's why I want them to win so damn bad. Because if they don't, they will be forgotten. And this team should never be forgotten. It's true. That's the way it goes. That's the way it goes. JCG 1987. One of Brock's biggest accomplishments is making the Jimmy defenders like me see the light. You two were right all along. Yeah, I do. I do feel good about that. Not going to lie. I feel like we did return to sanity with Jimmy Garoppolo. It does kind of feel like the Niners deserve it this year. Like They've been the kind of the consensus best team all year. While the Chiefs messed around, played kind of crappy all year, and then turned it on. You shouldn't be able to do that in sports, but you can. They can. I mean, see, and they've won, too. So, like, the Niners always had the hunger. The Chiefs won. And for a lot of guys, like, dude, it's it's not the same when you've already got the ring. Not everybody is wired to be able to come back and want the next one year after year. Like Tom Brady, right. which ring is your favorite? The next one. Not everybody. I got a hot take prediction. If the Chiefs win this game, Andy Reid retires. It's not a, a, a lot of people have said that. I've heard that. Yeah. I mean, if you're Andy Reid, why would you retire, dude? You're chasing down. I know. I know. Like, why would you walk away and let someone else? But it's a hard life, man. It's a hard yeah. life. It's long hours. It's yeah. stress. Yeah. And I could. I get it. If you're Andy Reid, like I understand. Uh, Josh Wyatt says, Grant, you need to stop with the drop pick narrative. Brock is a top rated quarterback in EPA and turnover worthy plays. Every quarterback has dropped picks. Okay. Well, okay. Hold on again, again, again. This will be determined whether this is an issue in the Super Bowl. And that's what I think is interesting about the past. I was talking about this with my dad. The past is open to interpretation, just like the future. Uh, if he throws a couple picks and the Niners lose in the Super Bowl, you'll look back on the previous two games and be like, well, it was there. He got lucky. He didn't get so lucky in the Super Bowl. Luck catches up with you. Or he protects the football beautifully in the Super Bowl, wins the game, and you're like, well, that was a whole bunch of nothing. You know, it's just like training camp interceptions. Didn't matter. So we'll see. We, we don't know yet. And it's not just about dropped interceptions or interceptions. It's also about what do you do with the other drives? Like, barring a disaster, he's not going to throw four picks, we hope, right? If you're also throwing touchdowns, the interception, like, not every interception is as backbreaking. It also depends on what you do on the other drive. Brock threw a pick in this game. Guess what? He threw a touchdown. He led the team down. He also did other good, successful things that helped yeah. mitigate that. So mm-hmm. we'll have to see how it all plays out. Uh, Brother Bob is back. Says, Stats, why do you care so much about what the media thinks? I don't like inconsistency. I don't like when people, when we treat quarterbacks differently than we've treated any other quarterback. That's why I was so fired up about the Trey Lance thing, because I've never seen a quarterback drafted third overall only get four career starts before he shipped sure. out of town. That's what bothered me about it. So that's Let why me ask I- you a question. 
Is there a quarterback? I don't know the answer. Is there a quarterback in the NFL who hasn't won a Super Bowl who is scrutinized less than Brock, who gets more benefit of the doubt without a Super Bowl? I mean, Lamar gets a ton of scrutiny, man. Lamar gets a ton of scrutiny. Justin Herbert uh, gets a lot of praise for someone that has been not really in the playoffs that much. Okay. That's fair. Okay. All right. So just and again, because he's six foot five and he looks more of the part and he throw and he can throw a ball on a line. Okay, uh, fair enough. Good answer. Uh Dustin the Eagle or the Gale, I don't know. Uh says, Grant, did you notice Brock wore his hat forward after the Ravens game at the press conference? Wondering if he realized it was a joke or not. He's definitely aware of that. Like he's you asked him about it, so he's yeah. clearly aware of yeah. it. Harold McAllister says if the 49ers can muster some run defense, they'll win the game. That includes Mahomes scrambling. The Mahomes scrambling thing is he, and this is what actually I said after the NFC championship, Brock's running in that game reminded me of Mahomes because when Mahomes runs, he breaks your back when they need six, seven, when they need four, he finds a way to get five, no matter what's going on around him. That's what Brock did. Now Brock ended up breaking off some longer runs, but he, that's what was so critical about those is that they were must have got to have plays and he scrambled and got them. And I think that's what makes Brock cool and Mahomes cool. People act like the chiefs don't have weapons. Mahomes is a weapon. Him <laughs> scrambling is one of their best plays. Purdy scrambling is one of the Niners best plays. That's another thing that makes is, is why he makes the Niners so much better. He's a weapon. Yeah. You got to is a weapon. I like too, that like he sort of had this, um, outlier performance from a scrambling perspective right before the Super Bowl. Because now if you're the Chiefs, you're like, well, we can't totally ignore it, right? We have to pay some attention to it. And Kyle talked about that a lot with Trey Lance about how the threat of a run will force defenses to play you differently. That's going to give you more options as a passer. And so if the Chiefs are doing things to account for Brock as a runner, that hopefully can open things up from a passing perspective. And let's be honest, Really, Brock wants to throw. He doesn't want to run most of the time. And so hopefully that's just one little wrinkle that works. In the ain't a killer, but don't push him is what you're saying. It's like, yeah, man. I mean, and that's the thing. It's like it's different coverages. So two-man coverage, two-deep, man underneath. Can you call that against Brock? As a defensive coordinator, I would not call that against Brock Purdy because he'll scramble on that. You have all these guys turning and chasing. No one's no – one's, um, spying him two safeties real deep he could get he could get you for 20 30 yards i wouldn't call that and so when you have a quarterback who's mobile like that starts restricting things you can call that's good that's good jimmy couldn't i mean you could play two man all freaking day against jimmy yeah no he was just never gonna run and by the way the last scramble that brock had the third of those three detroit did have a linebacker spying him they had a guy that was spying brock purdy he outran him that was the he he beat the spy. So uh, really what you should do against Brock is not blitz and probably don't play man-to-man coverage and play zone and play, try to take away that intermediate middle of the field. And that's what Baltimore did. Baltimore showed blitz, but they didn't bring a ton of pressure. They just basically played coverage, zone coverage and said, we think we know where you're going to throw, prove us wrong. And he didn't. Now maybe he learned his lesson, but I think that's, that's what I would try to do. Like, see if he has learned his lesson or see if he wants to be Brock Gunslinger that day. I don't, I don't know. Steve Spagnolo, the Chiefs D coordinator, is like the best big game defensive coordinator. In he's the good. World. He's when quite good. Beat the Patriots. 
Spagnolo was the defensive coordinator. That's why I think the Chiefs went out and got him because who do they need to beat in the AFC? Tom Brady. So they literally went out and got the guy. That and he's very, like games plan specific. He doesn't have just like one scheme nope. that he'll do. He'll he'll look at what your weaknesses are and try to go after them. He's gonna yeah. He's gonna have something yeah. ready. To rock. Uh, official BNA Music says, "Are we getting Chase Young or Walk Young?" <laughs> I love that. That's what. Sorry, sorry, Chase. That's your new. That's your new name. It's Walk. There are some plays, man, where you're like, dude. Like you're in the NFC Championship game. Like <laughs> you're in a contract here, man. You're costing yeah. yourself money. What are you doing? Uh, David Santa, YouTube channel member, says, "Did Purdy win the NFC Championship game MVP? I wonder why they never announced it. Do you know? Do they? Do is they, that award? Is that an award? It's an award. Is that an award? It's not like Who the. It's not like the championship series in baseball where they. Maybe do it is. I don't. I don't know. Hold on. NFC Championship MVP. Yeah, I don't think that's a. I don't pretty Not, sure it's sports Kita. Is there an MVP fact check? Is there an MVP in an AFC NFC championship game? Uh, trying to read really fast. I don't know. I have an answer to it. And then you like sc- scroll through it. And you're like, I have to, they're not going to be an answer. Is there? Sorry. That's all right. I went to UCLA, uh, but I read a fourth grade level. I'm not reading. Okay. <laughs> James Welsh says Herbert's incredibly talented and has bad coaches. Watch his success level up under Harbaugh. We'll see. Like, but that—that's a classic example. Herbert is a guy. That's true. That You're right. He, he, yeah. yeah. And so we we make a lot of excuses for Justin Herbert. And when you just look at the facts of what has taken place on the field, we don't usually make excuses for guys that have that kind of track record. So we'll see what what he does under Harbaugh. Uh, Chris Waddell says Cousins and Trevor Lawrence. Kirk Cousins less so, but he doesn't get killed. Widely considered top five to seven quarterbacks in the league. Lawrence is way overrated, in my honest opinion. I agree that Trevor Lawrence is overrated. Lawrence is a good call. Kirk Cousins gets crushed. Yes. All the time. And I think Cousins He's nitpicked better. to death. Cousins yeah. was balling out this year. He was leading the league in he yards and touchdown passes when he got hurt. Like, he was killing he was it. so good against the Niners. He was so good against the Niners, and he didn't have Justin Jefferson. Yeah, he was surgical against them. Mm-hmm. And I feel like, honestly, like, that's the thing that we've seen with the Niners. Whenever their defense, like, gets into trouble, we've seen – they're always in soft zone coverage. And what did Steve mm. do in the second half of the Lions game? Man coverage. Put Fred and Dre Greenlaw at the line of scrimmage at the snap so that the quarterback has to spend that second or two figuring out who's coming and who's dropping into coverage. That gives the defensive line more time to pressure the quarterback, which makes them uncomfortable, which makes it easier on the secondary. Every time the 49ers bow up on defense, I feel like that's what they do for the most part. Also, it doesn't seem like they do a whole lot on defense this year. Yeah, Maybe they, I mean, like they rush for, they play zone. And when things go bad, maybe they'll switch it up and play a little man coverage, but they don't do much. They're kind of a passive, conservative, vanilla defense with a lot of talent. But I don't know, man. Maybe, maybe this is Steve Wilkes' last game. He's going against Andy Reid with two weeks to prepare. This could get ugly. Remember the last time the Niners faced this team, they gave up 44 points, and it was very, it was a very similar Chiefs team. They don't, they had Juju in that game. Now they have Rasheed Rice, who I think is better than Juju. Um, different, different offensive lineman, but Niners going to have to have a real good plan here. They gave up all those points, and it was a one-score game in the fourth quarter. It was 28-23 Chiefs with 14 minutes to go in the fourth quarter, and then all of a sudden, <laughs> like it got out of yeah. hand yep. real fast. Uh, yep. 
one thing I did want to give Wilk credit. I don't think the Chiefs hold on. I don't think the Chiefs punted in that game. I know they had a pick on the first drive and they averaged nine yards of play. So the Niners are gonna have to do a little better. That's so damn that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. I think right about that game. Um mm-hmm. Wilkes has shown at times that he can dial up some stuff, though. Like mm-hmm. on the second, fourth down play against the Lions, they did an awesome job of making Detroit think that they were in man coverage when they actually were in zone coverage. Detroit had Gibbs lined up wide, and Greenlaw was on him all the way at the top of the screen. And then they motioned Gibbs to try and get the tell on the defense, like, is it zone coverage, is it man coverage? And Greenlaw went with Gibbs. And everybody was lined up over a receiver. And so it looked like it was man coverage. And then they snapped the ball. That was cool. Own coverage. And Jared Goff was like, oh, shoot. I just checked to my man beater play. And then he had to scramble out and there was pressure. And he ultimately threw an incomplete pass. So yeah, give Wilkes credit for that. Yes. For like, sure. He can yeah. it up a little bit. And I think he's yep. going to have to do that against the Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes. I think he he has his I think he feels his hands are tied a little bit. Like he was calling pressure early in the year and Nick Bosa would go out in the post-game press conference and be like, "Yeah, I don't know, we're sort of a four uh, four-man rush team." So does he get overruled by certain players or people who have more standing, make more money than him? I don't know. Because in the past he had a whole he had all kind of different tendencies. He was a he had a five-man line, he would bring pressure all the time. I don't know. He so he had an interesting comment earlier this year when they, you know, because he went through all that. And remember, what he got in trouble for was blitzing, the zero blitz against the Vikings. That was the big, right. oh, it was him being aggressive. It wasn't soft zone coverage. It was the one time I said, right. you should have been in soft zone coverage because the Vikings didn't have any timeouts. Um, so, but he said, Steve Wilkes said, at the beginning of the year, he didn't change the defense enough. And that's why they got into trouble. And I think that kind of makes sense, right? Because, the Niners didn't change the scheme. They wanted it to be the same scheme. And I think other teams were like, well, we've got another year to study your scheme. You're kind of predictable now. And so according to Wilkes, anyway, the Niners defense got back on track when he did change it and, and tweak things and put his own spin on it. So I don't know. what well, we're He hasn't do. really stopped the run all year. He did a good job in the second half against the Lions. But if he sells out like that to stop the run against the Chiefs, no one stopped. No one, that's the whole thing about the Chiefs right now. Everyone realized, like, they had Tyreek Hill. They got bombarded with these two deep safety looks, and they're like, well, teams are just going to back off and take away the deep. Like, let's run the ball. and Because no one's going to play it in the box against Patrick Mahomes. Like, the, these run plays are wide open. And so far, I mean, they won a Super Bowl like that last year. So we'll see. It's going to be it's gonna be interesting to see how it all plays out. Uh, the stride abides, says, prediction. Brock wins Super Bowl MVP. Tom Holland puts on 60 pounds of muscle in the offseason plays Purdy in a movie titled God, How Do I Manage? Tom Holland could play Brock Purdy in a movie. He absolutely could. And that's He actually should play Brock Purdy. <laughs> is, he, is he Spider-Man too? Yeah, he's Spider-Man. There you go. Yes, Tom Holland. Is he the one that's uh, going out with Zendaya? Yeah. Yep, perfect. Perfect. It's, it's really ridiculous how mm-hmm. much they look like one another. Yeah. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the show. Like and subscribe to both YouTube channels, everybody. The Gold Standard YouTube channel, Grant Cohen's YouTube channel. Both of us are going to be in Vegas next week. We're going to have all sorts of content for you and videos. You want to like and subscribe to both channels. If you click the little bell, you'll get notified every time we go live. And you're definitely going to want to do that. Grant, Yeah. I look forward to actually meeting you face-to-face next week. You're tall, aren't you? No, you're not. You said you're 5'10"? Yeah, that's tall. I it, thought you'd be, you look, I just assume you're like 6'4". I don't know why. Who says that? I don't, I don't know, know why. why. 
I don't know. So I'm, I'm taller tall. than you. Okay, that's going to be great. I'm going to look. I'm looking forward to being a little bit taller than you in person. You could say it. You're looking forward to looking down on me. I know you're going to two inches. Two inches. <laughs> I'm going to. I'm going to. What's up, Rob? Hey, how you doing? Good to see you. Sure, I'll be the Brock Purdy of uh, content creators. That's fine. <laughs> I'll be the Jared Goff. <laughs> All right, so I'll have to make you move then. So then you'll totally <laughs> just go into the tank. Anyway, enjoy the rest of your Wednesday, everybody. Go Niners. <laughs>